Hello, welcome, and dobrodošli to Feel Slovenia, the podcast. In each episode, we will explore what I have called the world's best country, meeting locals, traveling, eating, and getting to know the very best of Slovenia. This podcast is written and hosted by me, Dr. Noah Charney, and is brought to you by the Slovenian Tourist Board. Bohin is too beautiful for murder, said Agatha Christie, when interviewed by a national TV journalist during a holiday here in 1967. From room 201 of the Hotel Bellevue, Christie and her husband, a famous archaeologist, could see the expanse of the Julian Alps and the crystalline wild splendor of Lake Bohin, mirroring pines and peaks. Christie had honeymooned in Dubrovnik and Split, and had passed through Slovenia on the famous Orient Express, en route to Turkey. She would later write perhaps her most famous novel, Murder on the Orient Express, based on this trip. But in 1967, as a charming grandmotherly presence, age 77, she was interviewed about the Julian Alps. When asked how she liked Bohin, she replied, Very peaceful, lovely scenery. Too lovely, it seems, to warrant setting one of her detective stories there. A romance or epic adventure would perhaps be more suitable. This did not stop Slovenian author Tadej Golob from setting his best-selling murder mystery Jezero, Lake, on Lake Bohin. Christie is but one of many great authors who have found the Julian Alps region to be a stimulating setting for their books. Perhaps the most famous of all is Ernest Hemingway, whose A Farewell to Arms was set along the infamous Isonzo Front, one of the bloodiest regions of the First World War. The novel, published in 1929, is loosely based on Hemingway's own experience as an ambulance driver during the war. His stand-in, American ambulance driver Frederick Henry, works with the Italian army. The novel unfolds when the wounded Henry falls in love with an English nurse, Catherine Barclay. This was Hemingway's first best-selling novel, establishing him as the premier voice of American literature, a role he still retains. It was also dubbed, quote, the premier American war novel from the debacle World War I. Hemingway did serve as an ambulance driver during the war, and age 19 was wounded while trying to save his fellow soldiers. He convalesced in an American Red Cross hospital in Milan, where he met a nurse, Agnes von Kurowski. He had designs on marrying her, but she turned him down after he returned to America, informing him by letter that she had become engaged to an Italian officer. More modern authors likewise found inspiration in Slovenia. The Brazilian bestseller Paulo Coelho set his 1998 novel Veronica Decides to Die in Ljubljana. Austrian Nobel laureate Peter Hanke's mother was Slovenian, and he visited his motherland often, writing about it in several of his novels. Even the most famous lover of all time, Giacomo Casanova, wrote in Story of My Life of stopping over in Ljubljana for a romantic tryst with a local lady. To chat about what Slovenia inspires in authors, I spoke to writer Micha Mazzini. Mazzini has won numerous international awards, including the Kresnik, the most prestigious award in Slovenia, and he is among the best-selling Slovenian authors abroad, as well as Slovenia's most popular columnist. So Micha, you're one of Slovenia's most celebrated writers. Um, I'm curious if you feel that Slovenia has um, a vibe that inspires creativity and literature. Mm, let me think some example. Okay, like Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Was it Hemingway listening to some strange language? I think he mentioned something. 
18 languages or something. When he was during the First World War, was he's in the um, battlefields of his Socha River. Agatha Christie spent um, a week or two, I, I can't remember now, in uh, at the Lake of Bohing, who is saying it's a very mysterious place, you know. Uh, uh, but she said that it's just too beautiful for murder. And then one I remember, of course, there is the, there is, I think there's one Coelho's novel mm-hmm. is set in Ljubljana. Mm-hmm. Is it Veronica? Veronica decides to die. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And then, of course, uh, Nobel Prize winner Peter Handke. His novel about his mother's suicide is actually very good. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, they were living uh, in the Austria, basically. They were the part of Slovenes that are living in the Austria, not in Slovenia. Uh, and then what do we have? I think that Thomas, is it Thomas Mann, death in Venice, they stop uh, before reaching Venice, they stop on the other side of the sea. So that should be Slovenia or Istria, maybe. And there are some strange natives speaking <laughs> strange language too. <laughs> so, uh, what do we have now? We are not very inspiring for murder, <laughs> and uh, we are we are natives speaking some strange languages. Good. So we have this. Uh, uh, yeah, Slovenia is very this. Let's say foodie destination. Very good food, milk probably too. You Absolutely. know. <laughs> And wine, and wine, yes. So, as a writer in Slovenia, do you find that the landscape and locations inspire your fiction in a way that other countries might not? Or how do you integrate Slovenia as a country and a concept into your own writing? I'm impressed by people, you know, and relationships, you know. So, if you want to uh, to do a research about some alpine novel set in the high mountains... You drive one hour from Ljubljana and you are there in the high mountains, you know. If you want to research a novel uh, set in the Mediterranean by the sea, you drive one hour and you are there, you know. And if you want to set um, some uh, novel set in this endless Pannonian plain, you drive one hour in the other direction and you are there. So basically, what's really impressive about Slovenia is this mix of um, of a lot of different culture in a very small place. Are you the sort of writer who likes to go to a place and absorb the vibe? Or do you feel like you can travel in your pajamas from home doing the research you need to and imagine yourself in places? No, I'd like to go to the place I'm writing about. Uh, I'd like to just sit there and smell Smell is the first. Um, yes, smell and observe and close my eyes and listen. Yes, that's it. So we're going to welcome as many writers as care to come to Slovenia, whether they're writing fiction or travel essays for magazines. That seems to be the most popular. Um, and if you have a chance to read one of the best authors writing in Slovene about Slovenia with many books translated to English, I'm happy to recommend your books, Mika. Thank you very much. Among the foreign authors inspired by Slovenia, we can count Svetlana Slapšak. Born in Serbia, Svetlana has lived in Slovenia for decades. She is a professor of classics and author of more than 80 books. We recently finished writing a book together on Slavic mythology. She brought up a number of great foreign writers who set their novels in Slovenia and who hail from elsewhere in Central and Eastern Europe. 
So Svetlana, thanks so much for taking some time to speak with me. I'm mm-hmm. curious to learn mm-hmm. about some of the foreign writers who wrote about Slovenia or the territory mm-hmm. now known as Slovenia. Um, I'll probably know the Anglophone writers, but mm-hmm. maybe you could introduce some that you like from other countries and writing in other languages. Well, there's a person which is directly linked to the to the genesis of Slovenia and to the discovery of Slovenia, and that's Charles Nodier, whose name is given to the French Cultural Center here in Ljubljana. He was a French intellectual who moved to uh, Ljubljana and also was uh, a cheval between Trieste and Ljubljana because he was publishing the first uh, journal in Slovenian in Trieste. And he was also engaged to make the first uh, high school in Slovenian, in Ljubljana, and also there was a, an idea of making a university, a Napoleonic style, of course, that is public school, not the church school. And uh, he was very much engaged, and he was writing during his stay uh, in Ljubljana. The part of literature he was writing, he is considered kind of second-rate writer in France, but in fact, he revived a fairy tale. Uh, and a fairy tale with many different meanings, which is which is really a novelty in a genre. And in other, uh, it's completely visible that uh, the dark side was linked with Slovenia and Slavs generally, and the bright side linked with, let's say, Western Europe, nationalism, and so on and so on. So it's a very interesting story because on, on one side you have a, a man that is on his mission, cultural mission. He is a cultural hero, let's face it. Uh, he has been named by Napoleon to, to spread the culture in Slovenia, not only to spread the French culture, on the contrary, uh, his mission was to promote the Slovenian language, the local language, the local democracy, the local intellectuals which are gathering around this little French uh, group of people, the core of, of intellectuals in Slovenia then, which was, of course, part of Austria. And it all had a, a shadow of danger and the secrecy, maybe spying, because they were working in the in Austrian uh, Empire. They were considered enemies and spies. Mm-hmm. There, there were many misunderstandings between the locals and the French intellectuals. But definitely, this was one of the periods in which Slovenian intellectuals were flourishing. Uh, getting great ideas. But at the same time, this guy, full of optimism and of action and activity and activism, is terribly depressed and writes the most dark stories about the place he's in. So it's one of the most interesting views of Slovenia. And I think it should be in every uh, literary uh, manual in Slovenia as a special place of, of this very um, bipolar situation between a French intellectual and the wild area in which he's working. What about other Slavic writers writing about this part of the world? Oh, there are really many, many, many of them. But I will mention only two women, because it really gives a very special insight into what Slovenia is. Uh, first one is Miriam, but, uh, and she was the kind of melodrama romance writer of uh, in Serbia. Her brother, uh, was writing a great epic novel in uh, three parts about the First World War and the heroism of Serbian soldiers, blah, 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 and so on. And she she was writing the most melodramatic romances about uh, lost love, about marriages that didn't work, about yearning, about uh, stolen kisses, stuff like that. 
uh, about uh, women who suffer and so on and so on. And one of her uh, novels, which were absolutely rejected by all the professors of literature in high schools <laughs> in Yugoslavia, she was basically forbidden. Of course, uh, women were reading these novels, and she was translated in all Yugoslav languages. Uh, and uh, uh, one of her novels is uh, Love in the Mountains, which describes a case of a um, disappointed uh, young woman who comes to vacations in Slovenia and then meets a wonderful young doctor who is uh, all the best that you can imagine. He's working hard and he's honest and modest. And finally, of course, everything ends well between them. But the whole idea is uh, running away from the good Balkan men <laughs> to find something better, <laughs> which is Slovenian men. And uh, uh, much more elaborated and found, but also in a way very tragic, is the novel written by a famous Yugoslav feminist, Jurka uh, Georgievich Klapets, who was the first uh, woman to make a PhD in Vienna in sociology. And uh, she became feminist very early, and she married the Czech soldier diplomat, and they had a very liberal marriage. She was living in Prague and writing uh, really uh, wonderful uh, feminist essays. And she also wrote a novel in letters, uh, which is called The Correspondence. And in fact, it's a revival of her uh, of her own feminist experiment. She uh, had a sort of affair with a young man from Slovenia, Indiana, during her studies. And then she wrote this novel in which uh, a woman, a modern feminist woman, is looking for her former lover in Slovenia. And she finds him buried in a Catholic family with all the rules and uh, codes and so on and so on. And she reheats the, the affair and makes him suffer very much. In fact, she wants, she uses him to explore her concept of sexual ethics. So she explores sexual ethics, and um, they meet in different places, especially in Slovenian mountains, in Krajinska Gora, where she comes to ski as a tourist from Prague, and so on and so on. And at the end, we find the poor guy sitting in a Kranja uh, railway station and reflecting about his suicide. <laughs> that's how the novel ends. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> well, definitely not. But it's another, if you want, it's another side of this uh, uh, difference between Balkan men and uh, Slovenian men, because he's, again, he's honest and hardworking, but he's really locked up in this family in which he's spied on. Uh, he doesn't have any, any uh, moment of his own uh, free time. Uh, he has to take care of everything. He has to earn enough money, lots of money, because his wife is spending, and so on and so on. So he's a real victim of women. And then comes this feminist, very sexy feminist, which is making her experiment about sexual ethics with him. I mean, this is really not honest, but it does underline this capacity, this quality of Slovenian males, uh, and that is to be to be serving women, basically, to be grown, to be a woman's man, which is really, really interesting. This is a stereotype which goes to two different directions in, in the melodramatic romance and in this feminine hardship, feminist working on sexual ethics, but it confirms a certain uh, stereotype which was uh, renowned in, in uh, post-war Yugoslavia, and Slovenians were considering the, the ideal husbands. Mm -hmm. And when I was in, in high school, 
uh, in Belgrade, I was considered to be very stubborn, which I was. <laughs> and my class teacher uh, once told me, you, uh, Svetlana, you will marry a Russian or a Slovenian. Nobody else would take you. <laughs> she became true. <laughs> married the Slovenian. So there is something about stereotypes about Slovenians, which are the most interesting things. I mean, admiring Slovenian mountains and beauties of nature and rivers and Lake Bled and the coast and the, the eastern part, which I love so much, which is Pannonian, uh, uh, and monuments and everything. This is great. And you, you see great writers uh, really mentioning this, although Lawrence Darrell mentions more beautiful women than, than beautiful churches. <laughs> and uh, Rebecca West likes intellectuals and not mountains. But uh, the whole thing is about uh, very few of these writers mentioned outside of stereotyping, like national stereotyping. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like these two women. I'm wondering if there's any of the iconic Western writers who uh, you like particularly have some thoughts on. I'm thinking Casanova stops in Ljubljana to meet yes. with a lady friend. Of course. Um, we have Hemingway. We have um, Peter Hanke, who yes. won the Nobel Prize recently. Yeah. Um, is there anyone you have particular thoughts on or like particularly? Absolutely, Fritz Lang, because Carpo Godina made uh, uh, an amazing, really ingenious movie about uh, the stay of Fritz Lang and the whole story about the first uh, Slovenian cinematographer, mm -hmm. which was befriended with him and so on. This is a wonderful story, and it's totally out of any stereotype. So, yes, that's one of my favorites, Fritz Lang, who was stationed here in, in Slovenia during the First World War, mm -hmm. just like Hemingway, that was, mm -hmm. that was his story. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. I am one of the writers inspired by this region. When I first visited Slovenia as a college student traveling through Europe, I was astonished by the picturesque beauty of Lake Bled, often the first stop on any tourist's itinerary. But Bohin equally inspired me. When I returned to Slovenia, before I met my future wife here and decided to remain indefinitely, I lived in Ljubljana for three months in order to write a novel, as yet unpublished, that took place here, with key moments taking place around Lake Bohin. The romantic vistas which reminded me, as an art historian, of the paintings of the German romantic artist Caspar David Friedrich injected my imagination. This was the landscape in which I imagined the fairy tales of my youth taking place, the haunted forests of the Brothers Grimm, the clifftop castles that might house a sleeping beauty or a Rapunzel. The Julian Alps range takes the breath away from foreigners and locals alike. Slovenia is a cradle of inspiration for all who visit, especially writers. What might you be inspired to pen when you spend some time in these mountains? For me, I'd better get back to that novel I started some 20 years back. Vala and thank you for listening to Feel Slovenia, the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Slovenian Tourist Board and was written and presented by Dr. Noah Charney. Please subscribe to get each new episode and tell all of your friends interested in travel and all things Slovenia. If you'd like to learn more, visit slovenia.info. For more information, you're welcome to follow our social media channels, Feel Slovenia on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TripAdvisor.